0: the network for the AV industry.
1: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This.
2: This. This
1: This is Is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.
2: This is is AV Week. Episode 177, recorded Friday, January 9th, 2015. Cartwheels. Ready, A.V. A.V. Week. Performing Scan Week. Online. This is A.V. Week. A.V. A.V. Week. This is A.V. Week. Your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. I do hope and pray that you have made it through the holiday season and you are off and running. It took me until about yesterday to fully get up to speed, but you know, it's what happens when you go off the grid for about two weeks. So, uh, with us this week is my buddy and my pal, Mike Shen from IMS. How are you, sir? Good afternoon, Tim. Good to see you. Welcome see you. back. Happy New Year. Thank you. Mike has, uh, for the, those folks listening in audio land, uh, Mike not only has New York Giants over his right shoulder, but Stewie over his left. So My two loves. Yes. There we go. Uh, also with us is Steve Greenblatt, control concepts guru extraordinaire, uh, and also the host and producer of uh, A State of Control. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Great to be on, and uh, happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. Uh, Real quickly, uh, tomorrow is uh, round two of football. And and if you've listened to five minutes of this program, you know that I'm a big football fan. All three of us are watching someone else. (laughs) Yes. Sadly. Yes. Sadly. Uh, Steven and Mike are both Giants fans, and I am a diehard uh, 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 Chicago uh, Bears fan. And the day after the season was my favorite day of the year when they fired both the coach and the GM, say. All right, uh, let's kick this off. Uh, There's some really cool, exciting news, at least uh, for me. Uh, CES is this week, and one of the best stories, one of the most heartwarming stories. It, it gives you, it, it, it renews my faith in humanity stories. From the folks at Gizmodo, I'm just going to read this, this title, and I'm going to give it to you, gentlemen. 3D TV is dead. Let's hope smart TV is next is the rest of the story and then go on to talk about the fact that, that, you know, 3D TV is dead. So, uh, Mike, first, let's kick it off with you. Is this a huge – first of all, is this news, right? Uh, And secondly, if it is news, why is it dead?
0: Well, it's news, um, you know, in that it applies to AV. Technology and that's about as far as I would summarize it. Why is it dead? It was a fad to begin with. I you know I was I was I called it dead when it came out, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is this is nothing new. We went through this in the 50s. It resurged again in the 70s. So you know what's going to happen in 2033? Uh, we're going to have 3D back. You know. I just uh, I think it's it's good to get it out of the conversation because uh, from the pro world, from my side of things, it really had no application for anything that that we could see beyond maybe some science and some education but yeah. um, now it's nice to kind of get that out of the way and and uh... you know i i think that uh... A lot of the display industry has been latching on to whatever they can sizzle term or sizzle feature or, you know, whatever you want to, to refer to it as to try and sell more TVs. So now it's 4K and then it'll be 8K and then it'll be 3D 8K smart TVs. So you know, it's it's all a cycle. Just uh, happens every 10 15 years they reset it. So will it be
2: will it be holographic 3D by by 2033 or? That would be cool. I wouldn't mind <laughs> would be that. Cool. The old uh, for for Star Trek fans, that would just you know be all over you know, the hologram. Uh, the, the Absolutely,
0: hologram. go go into the holodeck. Yeah. Now we're
2: talking. Uh, all right, Mr. Greenblatt is this is this news, and and uh, why or I guess why is this news?
1: I, I don't think it's news to anybody. Honestly, I think that we you know I, don't, I never really caught on, and and I guess maybe the the news is is that it. It's been the plug's been officially pulled, but uh, I don't really think that uh, that anybody's going to miss it, and uh, probably other than jokes, we, we won't be talking about <laughs> it, uh, or, or or we'll we'll have fondly forgotten about it in in a couple of years.
2: All right, uh, moving on. And, well, this is probably going to be the last CES story we do. Um, moving from one buzzword, 3D, to another one, and that's OLED. Uh, which I'm a big, huge proponent of. Love it. I've been waiting on it for going on 10 years now to be affordable. LG uh, says that they hope this year, not last year, not two years ago, this year is going to be the year that that uh, OLED is breakout with, um, for some reason they're tying it with Ultra HD, and I don't get that, right? Um, if you're not familiar with why I don't get that, OLED is, um, a display technology, right? It's it's a it's a, a light source technology, whether it's uh, transmissive or passive or or, or, um, or whatever. It's a way to get the light out there, the, the color to your eyes. Ultra HD is a resolution. It has nothing to do with getting light to your eyes. So I don't know why they're cu- they're trying to the do together. But you know what? I don't run LG, and I'm not that smart. There there's some really smart people. They're also the same smart people that've been telling us for two years that this is the year of OLED. So Mr. Greenblatt, I'm not asking you to, to put money on this, but is LG right? Is this maybe the the year of OLED? I,
1: you know, I, I think we've been, we've certainly been talking about it for a while, and and everybody's been had had their fingers crossed, and, and there's been there's always there's kind of been these false starts, right? And and uh, sometimes we we get some bad news, and and uh, and you know, whether it's uh, it's delays or or companies pulling out, but uh, uh, I, I believe that if that there there's enough merit in it that if it can be produced and be cost effective, the applications are there. So it it would sound to me like it. Um, I I can't necessarily say that this is the year, but 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 I think that we're we're certainly getting
2: closer. All right, uh, Mr. Shin, as far as your standpoint. Um whether that's pro or resi i don't really care where it comes i do i guess i do care i'd love it in my house right and so that's kind of what we've been talking about you can buy an oled tv you can buy an oled for 30 grand give sony 30 grand you have an oled but we're waiting for those prices to come down and that's kind of what i think lg is talking about with tying it to the resolution so from your standpoint is is this maybe the year god i hope
0: so (laughs) um yeah, it's 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 such an amazing technology that is going to launch us further in further and display, you know, evolution. Um, I think the reason they're tying it to Ultra HD is because. Who in the marketplace truly understands, as a consumer, what Ultra HD is? It's you know people walking into their box store saying, "I want the Ultra HD OLED," because those again are the sizzle words. It's you know two years ago, I need the 3D, uh, you know, uh, 1080p, and they don't even know what they're saying half the time, but they they know that it's the best. So I think that's that's LG's marketing trying to to link the two to to
2: make it a a, a lingo that uh, puts you in the know. Okay, so you're saying that the kids at Best Buy don't know what they're saying? Is that what you're Is that what you're insinuating there, Mister Shin?
0: I said box store. I said box. Okay, store, I'm sorry. Right? I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> being specific on a
2: brand. Okay, but let's be honest. There are no box stores except for Best Buy. I mean, how long is as uh, I already forgot the name of their name of the, their competitor? Comp us, not Copy USA. Um, Circuit, Circuit, Circuit City. City. Circuit Thank City. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. See, they've been gone so long that I've already forgotten. Thank um, <laughs>
1: Could could it be that that because we're ta- when tying it to the ultra HD, this is the first time where people have actually been going out actively looking to replace what has been a working 1080p or, or, or HD display. So so maybe that's where the opportunity is. There, there's more people that are coming to market to say that I I, I want to get in on this stuff. So so maybe maybe that is the an entry point for for the OLED.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point i didn't think about that and the fact that you know a, a lot of these folks oh uh, what was it i read an article on samsung about the, what what they expect their um their uh, refresh cycle to be when it comes to displays and they expect folks to buy them every two or three years um wow the problem with that <laughs> is you've got these they're, they're making good product which you know god love them i love them for that right i mean who wants to spend thousand dollars every three or four years Um, so they're trying to capture more and more display sales by saying you know here's this latest greatest thing witness 3d right Uh, like Mike said you know it was a fad and they were trying to capitalize on on, and and get more 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 flat panel sales Uh, I just really hope that that you guys are right and and the LG is right that that they really do hit a home run uh, by marrying it you know to a new resolution So. Uh, but it's time. It's it, yeah, and and you know what, like my buddy Kevin Iseli says, you know, he, he gives me crap about it. You know, where's the content? Well, it, it's coming. You know, it's it's, it's content is coming. So, uh, a couple of interesting things, and and ones from the BBC. Another one is from Gizmodo. Uh, actually, it came out of CES, but the BBC piece was was on its own. Um, uh, researchers in Bristol have have done something interesting with ultrasound, right? Uh, And this goes back, Steve and I are both programmers. Uh, Steve's at Control Concepts. I work for a company called InnoVad. Mike's company puts in control systems. Um, But this comes back to gestures, right? Uh, The researchers in Bristol have uh, created a device, quote, unquote, that makes invisible objects in midair that you can touch and feel. Okay? It's called the ultra-haptics system. Uh, The story in Gizmodo is talking about a gesture-based mouse system system okay so that company is uh is a company called motix m-o-t-i-x um steve I- i'm gonna kick this off with you just because you and i are both in the, that whole independent programming mode are we seriously getting to the point all joking aside where we could literally control control systems and, and control um you know lights and whatever with literal gestures
1: i think that we could but is it practical and is it going to be something that a user is going to want to do? I, I, I don't, I think we're far off.
2: How far <laughs> As, off? Though? I mean, cause, cause the, I mean, seriously, the, the, I'm not trying to kid here. The mouse looks sure. really cool. Right. And people are getting used to the idea of having a mouseless system, um, with tablets. Right. And I mean, you, you and I and, and Mike, and we all have actual PCs and, and laptops that have mice, but people are kind of getting used to the point, the idea of, of using your finger, um, granted, it's on a, on a piece of glass, but maybe that's not so far-fetched. Yeah,
1: and and uh, I think that that the touch panel ha- has has really become the 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 the, uh, the benchmark right now, and everybody, for because of cell phones, and 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 that's really it's not foreign like it used to be. And and when we first started doing this stuff, I think a touch panel, every the, the users used to be afraid to touch it. And I can't imagine though that. That it's going to be so intuitive that they're going to be able to, to use gestures, and in in, in air, <laughs> and I could see they're u- using gestures on a panel. But and and is it natural? And is it something that you're going to be able to to to, to know that that something re- responds a certain way by by the this gesture? I I, I don't know. I have I have a little bit of trouble with it, and and I I don't necessarily know it's even like looking at that mouse. How comfortable is that?
2: Yeah. It's not very ergonomic. I will say that the the guy's yeah. the, the the reporter's hands was very because can. <laughs> Although here's okay, so crazy crazy this is Tim going off the rails for a second. Can you imagine the programming meetings where instead of saying, you know, when you push this button, you you do this gesture for this, you do, you know, some other, you know, gestures that, you know, to turn off the system, you know, anyhow, that was really stupid. I can't imagine what the gesture would be for help desk. See, that was, (laughs) that's exactly where I was going. That is precisely where I was going. How do you write a user manual for that? (laughs) You have to write, it would be, it would would be pictures, right? It would be a picture user manual.
0: It'll read like a sign language textbook,
2: actually. Uh Absolutely. Uh, Mike, are we, are we getting to the point where, where gestures are going to be a, uh, a thing for, for control?
0: I think you guys you know have it dead on that you know there's there's such an extensive amount of interactivity involved with control systems that you know you would have to completely learn an entire new language to be able to operate your living room. However, um, you know, we've seen with 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 Sony, uh, we've seen with Microsoft with their gaming platforms, with their consoles, that gestures can work. And you know, with the millennials and the you know generation behind them, uh, coming up, having those systems and being familiar with certain gestures already, that you know the three of us probably wouldn't even recognize um, for being able to turn on a system or play, start a game or skip to you know fast forward in a DVD, Xbox. Connects already got that programmed into it and I've seen people do some pretty impressive things with the connect because it's it's you know Open platform for for coding um, already in uh, in the event staging world So you know I think that it's it's closer than we realize uh, But it's going to take at least 10-15
2: years to, to fully adopt and, and get a generation of people on board Okay, so let me take you one step further with the xbox? Not only are they getting used to the idea of gestures, and, and granted, it's, it's still rudimentary. They're doing some really cool things. There are some folks that are doing um, not remote surgery, but some some things remotely right? where they're able to control things. There's Skype on an Xbox, right? Uh, when we started AV, AV Nation, we, we did all of our podcasts on, on Skype, and you had to have a computer, and it was you know, people sitting at their desk, and it was all audio. Now the this next generation coming up, which, off the top of my head, I don't know what the the market share of, of Xbox and Xbox One is compared to, to PlayStation, but let's say it's fifty fifty, right? Let's let's say you know half and half. Um, the PlayStation lovers are going to hate me for that one, but um, you have Skype in your home on your big TV, right? So they're getting already circumnavigating, getting around AT and T and Comcast or whoever else your your long distance provider is. And they have VTC in a gaming system. I'm not trying to scare you know Cisco <laughs> or Polycom or Life Size, but they have a freaking VTC in their living room in their gaming system. Um, that is is freaking huge. It, the, recently, my, my wife got to go spend some time with her, her her grandmother out of the out of the state. I live in, in St. Louis. She was not in in the same state and. Um, we were talking about how the kids were going to be able to talk to her the, the week she was gone, and, and that was one of the one of the things we talked about was putting Skype on on my wife's iPad, and and just bringing up freaking you know Skype on on the Xbox it was it was a perfect solution, you know. Um, so that that right there is is these these set top boxes and these gaming systems are getting to the point where they're going to start nibbling into the AV space, and then you get into the idea of the the CEO saying I can do this in my home, why can't I do this in my boardroom? Right. Uh, it's simple. It's fast. It's 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 inexpensive. It's cheap. You know, right. Skype is free. So I
0: don't know. That's and that and that's Microsoft's model too, Tim. I mean, they want to own the living room. They already own the corporate infrastructure. It's not going to take much for Skype to talk to Link. And yeah. when you get Link deployed at all of these executives, you know, desktops and iPads, well, now it's it's seamless. Now you are able to just call home real quick and check in on the kids make sure they got home from school. Mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, it's, it, it's, it's going to have an impact. It really is. Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, all right, uh, Internet of Things is, is, is becoming a thing, right? Uh, one of the things that, that came out was uh, this this talks with Nest thing, and actually that started in Cedia um, in Denver this year. Uh, there was a big list of, of things that, that can talk to Nest as well. Uh, one of them uh, is is a company that does door locks. Another one uh, is a lighting system that, that, de- that does it. Uh, D-Link came out with uh, some more cameras that, that, you know, more security cameras and stuff. Um, Mike, when it comes to pro systems, right, and we kind of already mentioned the whole I can do this at my house, why can't I do it here? How big of an impact is the internet of things going to have, uh, not just the pro environment, but also pro and and, and residential AV uh, as more and more of these things start talking to each other?
0: Well, uh, Tim, as as you know, and Steve, you were there as well at the CI Summit um, during the panel discussion I was part of. One of the areas that I had said that the industry really needs to get a grapple on and and hold of is looking at control systems beyond just the Trons uh, and the AMXs of the worlds and, and looking at, you know, alternative solutions for control, whether that be on an Android platform or on an Apple platform. I think, you know, IoT is exactly what could make or break that kind of a model um, in the marketplace now in the consumer world, you know it's 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 booming. You just you can read an article every day about uh, you know this brand becoming IoT, that brand becoming IoT. You know I think if Internet of Things gets adopted by major brands in the consumer world, it's going to seep into the 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 pro world just like everything else. Does uh, that's why we have iPads as touch panels now. That's why we have Samsung TVs going up on the wall and and in conference rooms. Um, the article I I would you know just side note what I found really entertaining was uh, one of the products that um, uh, the the Nest will now control is big ass fans, which <laughs> is a industrial uh, product for warehouses to move air in hot warehouses and the reason I know this is because uh, IMS has two of them in our warehouse so now I'm entertaining putting a nest in our warehouse to actually control and become uh, more environmentally sound but you know it's it's definitely gonna have an impact it's gonna take a lot longer uh, than it is in the consumer world uh, probably a few years before we start to to see that but it does show that our competition now is going to grow it's it's you know where where the where we were seeing fewer and fewer uh, one, two-man, three-man operations. We were seeing fewer and fewer independent programmers entering into the marketplace. I think this is going to open that window wide up and really broaden uh, the impact of just uh, uh, somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur, start their own business, and become an independent
2: contractor. I think that that, that is going to have an impact on it. Right. Uh, Steve, this is something that you and I are both watching, uh, uh, very uh, interested at least, because uh, you know we're, we're going to have to eventually. I think we're going to have to eventually, you know, connect with these things. What do you think? Uh, where, where does IoT stand in, in terms of, of control systems and pro AV?
1: Well, I, I always look at it as a good thing, and I and I look at it as something that's relatable, and it, it gives what we are, have been doing for many years relevance in the public, and and people can actually understand and 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 uh, can appreciate what, what what we do from a a control system and a programming and an integration standpoint, and I think that that has been something that's always been difficult to explain to somebody. But now, when you can talk to them about something that they can actually buy themselves and 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 can appreciate and may have, um, they 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 look at things a little bit differently, and they say, "Wow, that's what you do." You know, I, so I, I look, you know, that that's one part of it. The, the other part, it you know, from a Nest standpoint, I think that the, that. This could be Google's entry point into doing breaking that the the barrier of getting into control, which which you know I think everybody's thought about for many years is to is a big player going to get in there, and if they start to build a network up like this and can can create a backbone, they, they have the uh, the ability to, to now own a space and and have their own let's so-called system, uh, you know. Uh, well, I think one thing that, that Crestron and AMX and, and and other control platforms have done very well is that they they they've created a, a closed environment that they support and and they manage to, to to be able to make work very reliably and they can support and and uh, and I think that that's the key to success in what we do. It's uh, it, it, I think the. I, I love the idea of of the the open protocol and communication and and being everybody think can talk to each other but but it introduces quite a number of variables and that, that that's one thing that that scares me is the I, is is that one one fail point somebody changes something uh, in a firmware or an operating system and and who who do you go to 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 correct
2: it you you go to you know the integrator that put it in or you know you go back to home Depot <laughs> one of the two yeah and that that'll be productive. Oh my gosh.
1: conversation. <laughs> although
2: although we had a story last year that Home Depot has has an internet of things uh, guru now. You know the the okay, oh Lord, what was her name? I forgot. Uh, but they have they have like this great ambassador that's going around and and uh, training all their people and getting them to to become more and more uh, internet of things centric. No word yet if if yeah, you know, if Lowe's has done the same thing, but that was, that was a good <laughs> yeah. At least in my town, the Home Depot is right across the street from the Lowe's. So, you know, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I, you, and Steve, you make a good point of that this is actually going to uh, provide some amount of legitimacy and at least give folks an idea of what we've been doing all these years. Because, right. you know, I got buddies that, you know, their parents still think they fixed VCRs for crying out loud. You know, um, that's, you know, that's always been a, an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, battle uh I, I all right.
1: think it helps that conversation too when you talk to somebody about what is it that they want because it yeah. gives them some type of a ref, reference point
2: yeah absolutely it does uh all right uh, a couple more stories here uh first of all um let's do the samsung one I, I've, I've got several stories here and it, this is our first live show of the year i'm still trying to get back on the swing of things um samsung ceo uh says that the smart home will die without an open system so let's kind of take the other approach, you know, uh, the internet of things is not necessarily, um, an open platform yet. Uh, the, the whole idea behind talks with nest quote unquote is that these items can seamlessly talk with the nest platform. So Steve, is it going to need some sort of open, open architecture that allows you to manipulate it and where everybody can talk to each other?
1: Well, I, I guess, still you know, going, going back to the previous point, it, it, it sounds like a good thing but but i think it 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 could it, it creates a, a lot of a lot of op- a lot of opportunity for failure in my opinion the uh, i you know i think the, uh, the the compatibility and and following the the uh, if if we have a, a, um, a, a predefined api and, and getting everybody to comply i uh, i think is is one one big challenge, and then, but just opening the door to, to anybody getting involved, uh, I, I I think you know similarly to what we do on a daily basis is that if you're not qualified and you haven't and, and you really are are aren't um, trained in what you do, you you're going to make what we do look bad, and and uh, you know I that, that that's one of the one of the challenges that I face, and that I I talk to people that. I've had bad experiences and, and it really makes programmers have a bad name.
2: Well, it does. But that doesn't that also give us an opportunity uh, to kind of come in and save the day, um, you know, where you let. Um, oh, let's let's call them. Uh, what's a buddy man call them trunk slammers. That's what they call them. <laughs> um, you let them do the the bad job and then you come in and save the day
1: but the, I think the the trust factor isn't there and, and they the client's going to be very skeptical how do they know they're not going to have the same result that they that they just had I I, mean, I just happened to to and we am not involved in, in uh, residential work but I happened to be uh, at uh, someone's house yesterday and and I walk in the door and and they happen to have a Crestron system and uh, and and I got to hear all the things that they like and they don't like about it <laughs> and uh, and, and you know, I, what I tried to point out to them, though, that it's not Crestron's fault. Yeah. It, you, know, you, have to, you have to understand why something works or doesn't work, and, and many times it's programming, and sometimes it's other components. But it's, it, it, uh, the, the, uh, the, the whole sum is that you have to be working with somebody who, who's going to be, be qualified and be, be listening to you and, and, and provide you with something
2: that is going to be reliable. Oh, don't let them off the hook that easy. Sometimes it is Crestron's fault. So, <laughs> I love you guys, but sometimes it is your fault. Uh, all right, Mister Shen, uh, is is IoT and and the whole smart home thing does it does it need an open an open architecture?
0: Uh, I'm split on this topic. Um, you know, I, I believe in open architecture in general uh, as as a as. My understanding of, of programming in the IT world. I'm not a programmer myself, but uh, I have friends who program. Uh, but it's it's more of uh, it's it's more of just a belief system that in order for the greater industry to improve upon itself, I think. As much as possible, that we can standardize and be open and share uh, ideas and concepts. Uh, that's just going to create new products and create innovation in the industry. I think what the Samsung CEO's motivation, though, isn't quite along the same uh, you know utopic uh, uh, ideas as as mine. I, you know, in the other Gizmodo article about 3D TV being dead. Um, there's a paragraph in there that talks about how Sharp and Sony are giving up on managing their own smart TV op- operating systems, and they're giving that, the keys over to Google's Android yeah. uh, to be you know, running that, and Panasonic is hooking their trailer up to Firefox to do that for their operating system. I noticed that Samsung hasn't declared one or the other yet, so I wonder if, if there's possibly some connection there as to why he's uh, he's motivated to say, I I want,
2: I need things to be open. I'm not going to, you know, dive into an IOT world yet. So they could do, I mean, I'm not giving, they, they don't need my advice, but they could do Arduino. They could do, um, a, a, um, Raspberry Pi. Uh, if they want a true, you know, if they want to start like their own little, um, open architecture revolution, um, as much as, as Android is open architecture ish, um, you know, it's still owned by Google, so, you know.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, first of all, let's just kind of kick it around, uh, keep it in TV land for a couple more times here. Uh, Dishes, Dishes, uh, Dish TV's biggest announcement of, out of CES was Sling TV. What Sling TV is, uh, it is geared towards the cord cutter. It's going to have ESPN, CNN, uh, Adult Swim, um ESPN two TNT TBS Food Network I mean literally these are all the channels that you know is Disney yeah Disney's on there so you you've got everything that you could possibly want all in one little set top box twenty bucks a month and it's not a cable subscription so um, I've written I've talked before about trying to cut the cable the biggest challenge that at least I have in my house is live sports right I love football my wife loves baseball. Uh, in St. Louis, that means Cardinals. So there, there's always been that sticking point. Um, Mike, is this is this at least going down the right road? I mean, how big of a deal is this deal, right? Because it was a deal. They had to they had to talk with Disney. They had to talk with Turner. You know, um, to get all of these different different things going. You know, how big of a deal is this to get this out of the box? You know, twenty bucks a month, and, and you don't have a, a quote unquote cable bill really.
0: When I read that article, and I had not heard about this before you sent the article, I'm a cord cutter myself. I've already cut the cord. When I read that article, I did three cartwheels around the office, which, knowing how big I am, I can tell you that attracted you, some attention. Did you record that at least? <laughs> no, there's no video footage. Uh, i, I yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, this is phenomenal, and I think that this is a big, big statement by Directv to Comcast to Time Warner to Cox to be able yep. to say, you know what, we're going to compete. We're going to be able to compete in this marketplace. We're going to put together a product, and what they did is they strategically chose content that you can't normally get on Roku or on on Chrome or on uh, uh, and you know. The, um, uh, Moxie box Amazon or any, yeah Amazon. you know any of them any of them and you know Disney's channel on Roku has some preloaded content but it's it's not a true representation ESPN's is news articles it's it's not even you know real so I think that this is a huge step forward uh, TNT and TBS huge for MLB um, you know, over the air, you're going to be able to pick up on Fox and CBS anyway, so you know, NFL's covered, but you know, um, I think it's it's going to really be revolutionary. It's going to show that DirecTV wants to be able to be a player in the marketplace to not lose these consumers like myself, uh, and I look forward to it. I'm a little concerned over the fact that uh, you know, Disney was able to negotiate on behalf of ESPN to say that they're going to black out for any regional sports that they they show for live sports. But that could evolve over time, especially as MLB is going to be streaming. NFL has announced that they're going to be streaming. So there could be relationships that get built in the future. And then the best part about all of this is that it doesn't just have to be their set top box. You're going to be able to load it onto your Roku or whatever device you already have. So, uh, I I was thrilled to to see that, and I'll definitely be a subscriber for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to point out the fact that I've talked about this before. Disney is one of the uh, one of the like, three or four largest media companies in the world, right? So you have to talk to them. Uh, I was a little surprised that they arranged this and Apple TV didn't, right? Because yeah, i of the relationship. You know, because here's the thing: Disney has Disney. Obviously, they have ESPN, they have Marvel, they have Lucas Arts slash Star Wars, they have uh, the Muppets. You know, they've got good God, you know, everything from my childhood. You know, wrapped up in Disney, and so you have to have that conversation with them. Uh, and I would you know, kudos to them for for pulling it off, uh, Steve. From your standpoint, how big of a deal is this?
1: I I, I would I would agree. I, I you know I I, I still subscribe to cable and I I, I, I I think for me sports is a big motivator and uh, so I think that this is certainly a step in the right, right direction and and the you know, the cost difference is, is amazing so if you if you could still get get the the channels that you're looking for and and you, you're gonna get your live TV um, I, I think it, it makes it's a no-brainer that that this is a big step, and and it's probably going to knock down some some more barriers, and and uh, I would imagine that that uh, cable is probably going to be going to start to have to reinvent itself, or or uh, going to get phased out, and and some of the certainly the the newer the younger generation uh, homes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, a couple th- real quick uh, streaming slash uh, you know streaming uh, devices. First of all. Google Chrome, uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's a little uh, USB, a little uh, HDMI device that you plug into your HDMI connector and you can stream a lot of things on it. Um, They have announced streaming audio uh, from theirs and and kind of a Sonos type, um, uh, um, not Sonos, but a a Pandora type um, competitor to that. And then um, well, no some of, some of the Google Chrome stuff is they're connect, they're, they're streaming to, to actually connected speakers. The other part is that Sonos is adding podcasting. Yay. <laughs> we like that because it's you, know, kind of what we do. Um, Steve, are, are we getting to the point where uh, I, one of the uh, where you know this whole streaming audio thing to, to um, speakers throughout the house, and and you know throughout the house throughout the the office is this becoming is this evolving and maturing, um, or are we still quite a ways away to where it's you know it's going to be you know in everybody's house?
1: I, I think it's pretty affordable now, and the things that you can do. I, I've, I've had Sonos for a few years now, and it, it's just an amazing, amazingly simple device. And and uh, and, and it, as the as its capabilities grow and as the price point comes down, I I I really don't feel like there's much barrier to entry. I am you know I think it kind of fits in the same family as your Nest and your Dropcam and those types of things now, where where the average person can can go out and buy it if it's something that, that they think adds value to them. And uh, I I. Uh, I, I, to me it's, it makes a lot of sense. I, I'm, I'm surprised that we're not seeing more uh, Apple getting into the, the mix and, and I know that it, uh, it's Apple is the, the apps are available for Apple, but I don't see them having a product like that and, and it seems like they with their infrastructure to be able to, to connect their devices together, it, 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 it would make sense to me that they would be uh, also jumping in. You know, being that they're they're the you know, the iTunes and the podcast and, and that type of thing uh, they, they I think they they were the, the the one the go-to name that you think of
2: yeah yeah I was a little surprised as well but then you have to have the hardware for it right I And mean, you have to have the ability to stream to something else uh, and, and some folks are making are, are tying in to like the airplay type things and then grabbing that and then putting it on speakers as well um yeah we talked to a company in at CEDIA um, called Rave, not Rave Publications, but a Rave company that they make speakers and, and they do the exact same thing. You know, they're they're kind of a Sonos competitor as well. Really cool stuff. Company out of out of Canada. Um, so, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, good lord, uh, Mike, um, is this uh, are we are we there yet? Are we evolved enough and, and mature enough in this technology to put it pretty much wherever we want?
0: Absolutely, I, th- I think uh, it's like Steve said. It's affordable. Uh, the the market entry point is low. Um, I like seeing that you know more and more products are adopting uh, that platform I think that uh, nowadays everybody wants to be able to pick and choose what they're listening to at the moment that they're they're listening to it so um, you know any any products that hit the market that allow for choice that allow for customization of, of say playlists and what you want to hear you know that that's exactly what the marketplace is demanding so I, I support both both you know directions that the products are taking. Okay.
2: All right, uh, last but not least, uh, let's tie OLED in with touch panels uh, in, into control surfaces. Uh, this is from our buddies across the pond, innovateonthenet.net. U.S. company Cambrios claims to be able to turn any surface into a touch panel using an innovative liquid containing millions of silver nanowires. An innovative liquid. Steve, you sent me this this article, <laughs> and I about fell out of my chair, brother. Um, holy cow! There are so many applications for this. Um, I, I jokingly, kind of a couple of years ago, wrote an article about uh, eventually, you know, if, if OLED ever ever became a you know a, a affordable thing, I jokingly wrote an article about eventually being able to paint on a projector screen. Um, that becomes not just a protector screen, but also the, the the display itself. In talking to education, holy cow, they're there, dude. I mean, they're 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 there. Uh, how you know what what is the impact of this thing? I mean, is, is this going to be things where you know we can take and create all sorts of crazy you know um, molds for our clients that you know you, you can uh, if you're if you work for Apple, am I able to pour a mold and make them an app an actual Apple touch panel?
1: Well, I, I think it has a, a lot of different impacts. I, I think it, it, in in what we do, it certainly adds a lot of customization. But then uh, the other thing is one of the things you and I are working on it is we're, we're talking about what are guidelines for interface design. Yeah. Well, when you start talking about something like that, I don't know how you'd even approach it. <laughs> we don't even know what, what shape or size or dimensions of, of what we're touching. So uh, that's, that's one thing to be concerned about. But... But the idea, and I think we we talked about this uh, a, a while ago, um, a, a show that I was on where we we talked about having um, a, a floor where you can ha- uh, use as a as a touch surface, or or you know having a, an object that it may, it could be great for coaching in sports and, and things of that nature, where uh, the uh, using using a a touch surface that is. Um, not necessarily a standard panel. You you can uh, maybe you know track uh, track steps or, or or track hand position and, and things of that nature. I mean you know it it, it I think it has a, a lot of, uh, uh, of potential, and I just don't know if it. I, I'm I'm not sure how it's going to impact what we do on on say on a commercial uh, stage though. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Mike, do you think that this is, you know, how how is this going to impact your you guys' business? I mean, part of the part of the scope of work going to include, you know, dimensions or, or shapes for for touch panels and such.
0: It is so cool. That is just. <laughs> I, it is so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you. You mentioned at the top of the show that I've got the New York Giants over one shoulder and Stewie over my other. What you don't see is what's directly behind me, which is my inspiration growing up. <laughs> uh, nice. My my Star Trek collection. Uh, this is the type of technology that, as a kid, I couldn't wait to actually see hit the marketplace, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see it actually go into play. Um, you know, I always thought that. That the iPad was the Star Trek pad, and that the cell phone was the communicator, and then every day something else comes out, and I go, "Oh my God, that's so cool! That's that's the next thing and the next thing." And so, will it? Will is it going to impact business in 2016? Probably not. Um, you know, it's going to take time for products to come out and hit the marketplace, and programming to be able to adopt to it, and and what have you. But it just really gives me a lot of hope and excitement for just the breadth of product the breadth of impact that we're going to be able to have and and the really cool things we're going to be able to do with it. I'm I'm looking forward to it.
2: Well, and I'll I'll even throw one more, you know, throw more one more one more bone to you wonderful Giants fans. Uh you guys just moved into a, you know, a billion dollar uh stadium. Can you imagine this thing painted on the outside of of the uh, of uh, the Meadowlands? <laughs> the ability to do, you know, Holy cow! Yeah, this thing is really cool. Um,
0: think of think of digital signage. I mean, yeah.
2: you know that 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 in and of itself
0: and wayfinding. I mean, there there are so many applications that I can think of that simplify the way that we we operate in the industry. Whether it's Resi, whether it's it's Pro, it's it's really going to have an impact. I'm really I'm going to watch very
2: closely how this company evolves. Yeah, yeah, I am too. All right, uh, that is going to do it for this week, uh, Mike Shin. Uh, buddy and pal from IMS, uh, operations manager. There it is. There's a New York Giants snowman. Uh, it's Thank you very air. much, Tim. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you, sir, or IMS? Uh,
0: imstechnologieservices.com. uh You may also follow me on Twitter at axp mike. Come on LinkedIn, Facebook. You can look around all the interwebs and all the places, and uh, watch watch for some new places in the coming year.
2: Yay! Uh, all right. Uh, also with us is Steve Greenblatt chief Muck and at uh, Control Concepts, and, uh, and my uh, kind of part and producer and host of State of Control. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. Great, great to be here. Uh, you can reach me, my company, at uh, controlconcepts.net. Um, I'm on a bunch of social media platforms. at Steve Greenblatt. I do a little writing for uh, a couple of the publications, uh, but definitely check in on uh, State of Control for some, some more uh, control system talk and yeah very interesting episode uh, our last episode and uh, i think that we're we'll look to follow up on it where we talked about uh, well-written source code
2: yeah actually i, th- I think we're going to do a part two uh of that because there are some concepts and some some things we just didn't quite get to honestly uh i mean we could have kept talking for two or three hours but that just gets annoying uh, uh but yeah check that out if you would please go by the, the website uh, oh hey uh, before i forget um so, we're going to Integrated Systems Europe, and, and thank you so much uh, to our wonderful backers uh, who helped us get there. Uh, a number of really great companies, which you'll see their booths at, uh, from, from us here at, uh, from ISE. And um, one of those companies is, is uh, the HD Based T Alliance. And they have agreed, and we are doing a tweet up, which we've done both at Cedia and, and Infocom uh, in years past, but we are doing officially a tweet up. Uh, at the HD Base T Alliance booth uh, at ISC. So check that out. Uh, we'll be putting some more stuff out there. So if you're going to ISC, uh, those of you in the US and those of you outside the US, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, if you're going to Amsterdam in February, um, come by the 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 HD T booth uh, five o'clock Amsterdam time on Wednesday February 11th we'll be doing a tweet up so check that out uh, check out the website if you would please H- uh, avviation. TV aviation. TV you'll find this program and a host of others uh, we have just landed and, and confirmed I believe the moderator and the two uh, the two um, combatants for our next AV crosstalk all I'm going to say is you don't want to miss it uh, i had nothing to do with this this is all josh frago and he knocked it out of the park it will be it'll be one for the ages um, there, that's coming up i believe next week uh, great host of uh, cast of bloggers um, from manufacturers to consultants to um, uh, integrators so check that out plus you know this program and all the others avnation.tv avnation.tv thanks so much for listening thanks so much for watching this has been av week I'm sorry.